Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I know what I'm doing, and that's a radio show. I know what IAVA is doing, and that's speaking out on behalf of veterans of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, on a variety of subjects. And first, I want to talk about something that's pretty big in the news right now, and that is, of course, the White House releasing a new transgender policy late on Friday night. Uh, what can you tell us about that policy and about how IAVA is viewing it? Yeah, absolutely. So the White House essentially doubled down on the policy it released back in July, um, essentially banning transgender service members from service, um, except in limited circumstances. Uh, And needless to say, we were really disappointed to see this outcome. Uh, We've been fighting for months um, to really see a different outcome and to allow transgender service members to continue to serve as they have been for almost two years now um, under the June 2016 policy that allowed transgender service members to serve openly. So the original transgender ban was struck down in multiple courts, um, and it's really unclear how this new memo will take effect and when it will take effect and how it will take effect. Um, But really, that uncertainty is part of the problem, right? So our men and women in uniform all over the world deserve better. And there are thousands of them currently serving that are transgender. And uh, we don't know what's going to happen with them. They don't know what's going to happen to them. Um, And they deserve sound, thoughtful policy that should be carried out respectfully. And that really wasn't done here. So uh, from IAVA's perspective, we believe that equality is a force multiplier Uh, And we are always the ones advocating for sound, thoughtful policy. And on both accounts, that's not what we're seeing. To play devil's advocate here, there are quite a few people I know that are serving and people that I see on social media who uh, applauded this decision. I mean, it is a bit of a divisive issue within the military and veteran community, it seems. What has IAVA's membership response been on the transgender issue over the last you know, year or two that it's really become uh, such a hot button issue? Yeah, absolutely. I will say, you know, equality is a force multiplier, and we see that in our membership. Um, I think a good comparison to that is uh, DOMA and when um, gay service members were allowed to serve openly. And we saw that shift that once that policy took effect, um, our, our members didn't see any change um, in readiness, uh, in unit cohesion, And while they were a little hesitant, maybe before that policy went into effect, uh, after a year or so, we saw a shift and they were generally supportive um, of that. So when we look at transgender um, serving openly, transgender service members serving openly, excuse me, uh, it's really the same. Our members are fairly supportive, um, but I do think that there's a solid percent that just want to see what's going to happen. 
We're speaking with Steph Mullen. She is the research director for Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, joining us here on the morning briefing, talking about the uh, recent guidance coming out from the White House on transgender service members. One of the issues with uh, with those who said that this could be a problem, uh, allowing transgender individuals to serve in the military, was uh, the different physical fitness standards that there are for males and females, and if you're uh, considered a female in the military but were born a male, that that could uh, lead to issues where, you know, what is the standard? Do we change the standard? What do we do there? Uh, was that something that IAVA ever uh, took a look at and, and thought about as far as, you know, what what might need to change to adapt uh, in, in some cases for those differences? So I will say, you know, in an era when so few people volunteer to serve, I think no American who is willing and able to wear the uniform should be turned away. Um, and I think we look at it from the perspective that, about 70% of those that could be eligible to serve, so in that 17 to 24 age bracket, aren't eligible because of weight or education, criminal backgrounds, things like that. So putting any more restrictions and policies in place that may shrink that pool of applicants unnecessarily uh, is bad policy. Mm. What about the omnibus spending package? Now, we've talked to several of the other VSOs, and uh, it seemed that most of the organizations had joined together to say, like, hey, these are the things that we'd like to see in this omnibus spending bill. Some of those got in, some didn't. There's a lot of uh, frustration coming out of the VSO community and the veteran community in general about things like, uh, you know, the expanding health care for disabled veterans to pre-9-11 veterans that didn't get in there. Um, looking at the omnibus spending package over Overall, how does IAVA view it as a success, as a failure, or a little bit of both? Yeah, I think first and foremost, we have to say we're happy to see a spending bill get passed, uh, get passed at all. That takes us through the end of the fiscal year. Um, and as many in the space have been saying for months, these short-term spending deals really hurt our military and our defense. Uh, and a government shutdown, which we narrowly avoided yet again, is always devastating for our men and women in uniform. So having this full spending bill for the rest of the fiscal year at least gives us six months to really build and strengthen our force overall. With that said, within the veteran space, uh, there is a lot of wins for vets and a lot of things that IVA has been advocating for years about, um, and we're seeing a lot come out of it. So a few examples of this, um, mental health funding, uh, funding and research for women veterans, um, there was funding for research um, and advancement for burn pits and toxic exposure research, which I know is something that you spoke with our chief policy officer, Melissa Bryant, a couple weeks back. When we look at the things that didn't get in, uh, talking about that expansion of, uh, of health care for uh, disabled vets uh, so that they get the same benefits, whether they were pre-9-11 or post-9-11 for those who were injured on duty. Uh, also, choice funding was one of the things that did not get in there. Um, where does IAVA stand on the, the things that it seems most vets agreed would have been great for the veteran community, and then it seems for mostly, if not purely political reasons, didn't get into the omnibus spending bill? Where do you guys stand on those? Yeah, absolutely. I can say that, you know, we stand with the rest of our VSO partners in that respect. We would have loved to see a care fix. Um, you know, it just makes getting that legislation passed, which is a must pass for us, uh, that much harder. You know, just got to roll the ball up the mountain. Uh, it makes it a little bit tougher, but it's still something that we're going to advocate for. It's still something that we're supporting and watching um, and looking to move through by the end of the year. 
uh, we certainly would have loved for it to be in the spending package and to have, you know, seen all of this awesome vet legislation get done in one final sweep. Um, but that doesn't mean that the advocacy won't continue. On the point of caregivers, uh, we have been vocal about um, supporting expansion to the pre-9-11 generation uh, and, again, would have liked to see that in there. But it's something that we're always keeping an eye on, that it doesn't come at the expense of the post-9-11 generation. We're speaking with Steph Mullen and her organization, IAVA, deals specifically with that post-9-11 veteran generation, the veterans of Iraq and Afghanistan. It's right there in the title of the organization. (laughs) Steph is the research director and wanted to ask you about that. Jake and I were talking in our first segment today about how IAVA seems, uh, perhaps even more than some of the other VSOs, to use data to come up with a lot of, uh, you know, the positions that you take. And, And oftentimes when we talk to representatives from IAVA, they refer to uh, a recent survey that's just come out on, on a litany of issues. How exactly do you over at IAVA use data to inform your policy decisions, your advocacy efforts, and all that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really the foundation and bedrock of what we do. So we rely on the voice of our members to build those legislative priorities and build our advocacy efforts. And we pair what our members tell us with what's going on in the space, what research is coming out from the VA, uh, from other government sources, from academic sources, and kind of put that all together, mash it all up, and form our policy positions and recommendations from that. Uh, So our member survey lays the foundation for that and really sets the tone for what our priorities are going to be for the year. And then we build on top of that. So our recently released big six legislative priorities, again, I know um, my colleagues have talked to you about this on the show before, but I will say it again. Um, Our big six legislative priorities were based on what our members told us. So again, our member survey numbers um, pull directly from this for suicide prevention, which is one of our top priorities this year. We saw over the past three years about a 20% increase of the number of our members that were seeing post 9-11 generation vets either attempting or dying by suicide. So that showed us that it was a huge issue in our community. Um, They also identified suicide prevention and mental health as the top issue impacting post 9-11 veterans. Um, We took that and built it into what are our recommendations and our advocacy efforts. Uh, In terms of our new um, priorities this year or newer to the big six, burn pits and cannabis, again, those were taken from our members and shown that we were taking their experiences and just building it out. So for burn pits, over the past four years or so, we see about 75 to 80% of our membership saying that they've been exposed to burn pits. But over the past three years, we've seen almost a 10% increase on those that say they've been experiencing symptoms associated with that burn pit exposure. So that's a huge red flag for us. It's showing that our membership is getting sick and nothing's really being done about it. Um, And so we'll go back, we do the research, we're finding out what's going on in the veteran space, what's going on at the VA, and how do we build policy recommendations that can address these issues that our membership is facing. And the membership of IAVA, it's it's interesting and set up a little bit differently than the other VSOs in that it's uh, it's not a paid membership. Anyone who served in those two wars can join the organization. And of course, some of that data that comes in comes from the surveys that you give out to your membership. And I understand that your annual membership survey, kind of the big one that you do every year, that that's starting this week, isn't it? 
It is. We are launching that very soon. Um, and thank you for plugging our membership. It is free to join. We uh, believe that you paid your dues on the battlefield. And so if you go to IVA.org slash join, you can join there. Um, or even just IVA.org, you'll see uh, the link to join there. And so our survey is open to all IAVA members who are veterans or service members, active guard and reservists. Uh, and we do send out the invite to participate over email. So you do have to join to get the email to participate in the member survey. Um, or if you join in the next few weeks, you'll find that member survey link within the email when you join. Um, and those that complete the survey can enter to win uh, round-trip tickets with Southwest. So we have a little incentive there as well. Wow. Now, of course, as the research director for IAVA, I'm sure you know all about how surveys work. And, uh, you know, there might be people who question, well, how many of the membership, what percentage of the membership actually gives their input? Uh, is it the majority of the membership? Is it a small segment? What kind of response do you see from these surveys when you put them out to the IAVA members? So we get a great response rate. Um, and we do some statistical background of this. Um, we have about 250,000 for our population size. Last year, we had about 4,300 members participate and complete the survey. Uh, and when we look at surveys and statistics, we kind of find this margin of error, which means we figure out how big, you know, of that sample size, how much variance will we see within that population? It's about 2%, which is really, really good for surveys and statistics. And I don't want to get into the numbers. I am a number nerd um, <laughs> and data nerd, but um, it's a really, really good sample size for our population. When it comes to the annual survey, and that's the one that's starting this week from IAVA, how long does it take for the survey to, to be completed for you to get all the, the responses that you uh, were looking for? And then how long does it take for you all to parse the data and figure out exactly what's in those responses? Yeah, great question. So the goal for us this year was about 20 minutes to complete. That doesn't mean that you everyone will get through it in 20 minutes. Um, we have it set up so if you start it, you walk away from it for a while. Maybe you got to go get a cup of coffee. Maybe your kids are crying in the other room and you need to go attend to it. Maybe you're doing it at work and your boss calls you into the office. You can walk away from the survey. It saves your answers and then you can go back to it later. Um, but if you were to sit down and do it in one sitting, full attention, it should take about 20 minutes. For us on the data end and the background, uh, it takes a few months for us to gather all of the information, get our top lines, figure out what we want to, how we want to sparse the data, what we want to show, and then build it into something that is, looks good, feels good, and is easily digestible for the world. And what is the deadline for those who would like to respond to the survey? I mean, how long do they have? I know it starts this week, but when do they have to, to finish the survey by? Yeah, so we're going to leave it open for a few weeks. Um, it will depend on the amount of um, members that we have, and we'll, depend, we'll close depending on that. So uh, we don't have a hard deadline at this point, um, but I will say that if you're interested in taking it, uh, time is of the essence. And what are some of the things that you're looking to find out from the survey? What are some of the, the items that you really are looking for your membership to respond to, some of the big things that stand out from the survey for you? 
Yeah, so I mentioned the suicide prevention and the suicide numbers earlier, um, and I think those will be really interesting to see uh, if we see our membership is showing us that, you know, the number is increasing for those that know a post-9-11 vet that's attempted or died by suicide. Um, We are asking a few other questions this year just as they've come up from the research and our policy end, and I'll be really interested to see what those numbers show. Um, For example, we ask about the Veterans Crisis Line this year, uh, and I'll be interested to see what those numbers look like. But a lot of it is very, very similar to what we asked last year. Uh, So if you go to IVA.org slash survey, and you take a scroll through there, a lot of the same questions will be on the 2018 member survey, which will give us the ability to look longitudinally on what that data looks like and how our members' perceptions and experience is changing year to year. And a a recent example, actually, last week we were talking to Tom Porter from IAVA, and uh, the issue came up of Secretary Shulkin, whose approval rating essentially from IAVA members uh, was down significantly from 2017 to 2018. Uh, You know, there's a reason why you guys ask the same questions year after year, isn't there? Just It's not just being lazy. You actually want to see if there's any change in how people feel about it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Again, I will reference the burn pit um, numbers. I think that's a really good example of why we ask that year after year. So over the past three years, we've seen that 10% increase in those experiencing symptoms. If we didn't ask, you know, are you experiencing symptoms from burn pits every year, we wouldn't know that that number is going up. Um, And so it's just a really good example of why we ask and why we want to see that change because it tunes us into the problems that are going on within our membership, but also some of the successes. So, for example, we see uh, GI Bill use is always really high within our membership. And that is, you know, a big thing. And one of the things that doesn't change too much that people tend to appreciate the GI Bill. But as you mentioned, there are numerous things that are changing. And that's why IAVA is doing another annual membership survey with some of the same questions, some new questions on there. Again, that starts this week and it'll be open for a few weeks and you can join IAVA for free. It doesn't cost anything to join. You can just go and sign up on their website. And Steph, if people want to find out more about IAVA's mission, maybe look into joining if they're eligible. Where do they go to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I will say IAVA.org, which is our website, will have everything you need right there. Uh, If you'd like to follow us on social media, it's IAVA um, on Twitter, so at IAVA. And then on Facebook, we're Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America, and we have a strong presence on uh, all those platforms. They absolutely do. I can tell you from uh, from when we write stories and IAVA is mentioned, there are IAVA members sounding off on everything that we do related to you guys. And of course, IAVA members are going to be sounding off with that annual membership survey that begins this week. And the person leading up going through the data when they get that in will be Steph Mullen, Research Director for IAVA. And we want to thank her so much for joining us on the show this morning. Steph, thanks for your time. We really appreciate it, as always. Oh, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Have a great day. You as well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.